0: Irish fans, It is late night, Friday night, Locked On Irish Podcast coming your way right now. How's everybody doing out there? I'm Greg Schaefer. Stoked to bring you yet another fun edition of the Locked On Irish Podcast, the official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. Big show today. Make sure first off you're following us on Twitter, on Facebook, at Locked On Irish. Listen to us, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all the places you get your podcasts. So the combine going on right now, Chris Fink, Tony Jones, Chase Claypool, just turning in some numbers right now, just turning in some numbers, looking good. I mean, I think it's a real um, testament to what the strength and conditioning staff has done at Notre Dame and been able to get these guys prepped and and the work they've put in for themselves. I mean, you can't do this. They're not going at it alone out there and – you know, they can have all the ideas in the world, but the effort's got to be there and the teaching and having guys push them because it's not easy to just train on your own. I've done it for a long time. A lot of my strength and conditioning myself um, still as a wannabe athlete, if you will. And uh, it's not easy. I mean, it would be tremendous. I don't know what kind of level I'd be at if I did have, you know, a personal trainer. Uh, Chris Fink, four five seven forty, Uh Might get him a late round draft pick, but look look solid. You know, looked fast, looked about like what we would expect from him. Uh, He's a little undersized. um, Did jump 40 inches in the vertical. Uh, Claypool was at 40 and a half. So we got some guys who can kind of dive out of the gym there. Definitely some dudes that can dive out of the gym. Um, Some impressive guys. I mean, these are just athletes that we haven't had. Just have not had over the last, what, you know, prior to Kelly you know, And it took Kelly a little bit of time to build these guys in the system. But it, these are just great all-around athletes right now. And it, it, at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to piecing it together to win on the field and win the big games because the athletes are there. The pieces just need to be put in the right spot. Uh, while we're on the subject of vertical leaps, Cole Met got his big butt off the ground for 37 inches. Man, that's impressive. That is impressive. And anyway, he ran a 4.7. God, that's what I ran as a running back. That's insane! These guys are that big, running that fast. I mean, just, I mean, wow! The athletes have changed just a little bit. And speaking of just burning it up, what Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor four four one and a four three nine. Uh, that's cruising. That is cruising just a little bit. Uh, just a lot of fast guys out there. It just shows you how much the games changed. Uh, looking at some other numbers here. Looks like Michael Pittman ran a 452. Just sh- sh- shifting through some numbers. Marcos Callaway, 455. KJ Hill was a 4-6. Quintes Cephas was 473. Ooh. That is not helping him at all. I didn't even see that one. That is that is a rough one. That is really rough. But you know, guys that are really coming through. I mean, Chase Claypool was making himself some money, especially when you think about the numbers that he's putting up and his uh, his size. His size is incredible. I mean, everybody's making these comparisons to Megatron. and We talked about the other day about how he could potentially make a move to tight end, and I'm not saying that he couldn't, but – and I know the other day I was like, okay, you know, he's embracing it. That's great. I don't know. I mean, you think of these comparisons to uh, to Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and they're almost like, I think he should stay at wide receiver. 6'4". He measured at uh, 6'4". He weighed in at 238. four four five in the 40. 19 reps in the bench. Jumping out of the gym. I mean, Chase has really shown just to be – I mean, he might have worked himself into the first round. With this. And we knew he would. He's going to look great in shorts and a t-shirt. He looked great on the field. He's a physical specimen. Just an absolute specimen. Um, they talked about guys who uh, ha- had ran their 40 under four or five with the size of uh, Claypool and um, Megatron. And the list of guys was just that. Was Chase Claypool and Calvin Johnson. To put it into perspective. So just a great, day, a great week for Irish players. Nobody's really... Bombed out anywhere. I don't know. Did Tony Jones Jr. run? I know he benched. And I think he got what, like 13 on the bench? Let's look that up real quick. Tony Jones Jr., what do we got here? He did. He ran, he ran at 4'6, 32 and a half in the vertical, had a 119 broad. He was uh four four seven oh and then a four six eight. So a little high on that. Um, you'd like to see him be just a little bit faster, and it was 13 reps on the bench. Tony Jones met, uh, according to Matt Freeman. Actually, Matt Freeman. Shout out, Matt. He is a Licking County guy. That is where Locked On Irish is recorded. The Northridge Vikings. He's a proud Northridge grad. Uh, we got to get Matt on the show at some point in time. A great guy. Uh, it's, I, I still cover some teams that play Northridge, so very cool uh, that Matt's worked his way in with Notre Dame to such an extent. I don't know if anybody else has really done much else yet. Yeah, I know we still got Troy, Troy Pride to go. Colored Kareem and Julian Aquara are not participating in very much. I think Aquara benched today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he benched 27 reps. That was just a beast, man. Absolute beast. I mean, it's incredible to watch him move that weight around like it's just the bar. It's so fun to watch some of these guys. Um, you know, these guys are going to interview well, they're going to destroy the, the mental side of this combine and they're going to show out. I mean, these guys from Notre Dame, you know, I hate to always pull that card of, or be that person to pull the card of the intelligent, really intelligent athletes coming out, but it's true. They're going to, they're going to kill the cognitive part. They're going to kill their interviews for the most part. I mean, there's always those outliers and, um, yeah, I mean. All they got to do is get it done f- physically, and, yeah, are <laughs> really going to make themselves some money this weekend. And in a great city, too, man. Indianapolis is a tremendous city. I highly, highly recommend it if you ever get a chance to go or for any event. You know, out there for a Pacer game, pretty cheap tickets. Um, yeah, man, take advantage of the Circle City. Always a good time. Everything's within walking distance if you've had a couple pops. Um, always a fun city to hang out in. Though I don't know if I'd go out there for the draft, or the the combine. I don't even know if you can get in for it. I know it's a lot of scouts and whatnot, but it'll you know, be around the atmosphere, things like that. Uh, real quick, this is Makai Becton. We got to see him when we played against Louisville. Ran a five ten forty, 40 and you might say, Greg, why are you bringing that up? That's not very fast. Well, the guy's six seven and 368, so that's pretty fast. Can you imagine that guy coming down the line and just ending your days? Pulling around the corner, and you're just a, a a wee little strong safety, free safety waiting, and I mean, you know, Dion used to say you making business decisions. That is a business decision and a half waiting on that dude. All right, guys, back at it again. Locked on Irish podcast. No, I did not get take out taken out before the break by uh, Makai Beckton. That dude, woo, incredible. So we're going to talk about some rule changes that the uh, NCAA has kind of proposed here. Uh, several, several things being thrown out. Several th- things being um, being proposed. So we'll go through the list right now. And I like how Bleacher Report just comes right out and say it. Says that this the self awareness of this is, um, <laughs> it's it's great. The process is at ad- this year's theme is the process of adding common sense rules. First one, increase referees' time of uh, jurisdiction to 90 minutes should seemingly help curtail any issues pre-game between trash talking or fighting between teams. I totally agree. Uh, allowing players to remain on the sideline post-targeting penalty acknowledges the fact that not all penalties of ilk are equal. Some penalties of targeting by the letter of the law. Da 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 da. da, da. It basically, if a guy gets bumped out for targeting. He doesn't have to do the perk walk to the l- locker room. That's great. Thank God, right? I mean, come on now. It, it's always been kind of stupid. I mean, write the guy's number down. I'm personally in favor of a, like a soccer type rule or like they have in basketball where you have the flagrant one, flagrant two. I'm, I'm big, big on that one. I think that makes the most sense to me, have like a yellow card, red card situation, have a flagrant one, flagrant two. I'm all about that. I, I think that might be um, that might be the best thing to do with this targeting. I mean, you can't find them. They're college kids. And kicking them out of the game for something that's, oh, he, the re- uh, receiver, running back, lowered his level, or, you know, he hit him, he squared up just right, hit him in the shoulder pads, but his helmet slid up and hit him in the face. No, we can't throw these guys out for this. This is crazy. This is absolute madness and it has to stop. So it's a good step in the right direction of not making the guy go clear to the locker room like he shanked somebody with a whittled down toothbrush on the field. but it's still not right. I mean it's still stupid. It doesn't make any sense to throw a guy completely out of the game. completely changing the outcome of the game for something that in many cases is an accident. And other rule uh, big the bigger proposed rule changes. Um, is the um re- replay and reviews dragging out too long? They're gonna keep those to two minutes, so they're gonna have two minutes. Um, limiting re- replay reviews to two minutes. I think it's great. I mean, if you can't figure it out in two minutes, honestly, it's one minute because it's it's what I want to say here. It, it, you have it, indisputable video evidence. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. As I have a small stroke, um, that's where a good co-host comes in. Where you boys at? Um, to fill in my gaps of awkwardness there. It, it is it, it that indisputable video evidence. Indisputable to me has always been like, okay, you take one look at it, you're like, oh man, that was wrong. We got to move on. That was that was absolutely wrong. Well. If you can't have it figured out in two minutes, then the call on the field stands. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. That's the way this thing's got to roll. So, absolutely, I agree with all these. Make them happen. NCAA, beat, do something smart for once. Don't even have a vote. Just do it. This is ignorant. This is ignorant. Just do it. Get it out of the way. These are all things that have already should have happened. And then next year, let's stop throwing guys out. Let's go flagrant one, flagrant two. Let's do do something. My buddy even texted me before the show and he said, what about like a 15 yard penalty on the first targeting, a 30 for the second, and then like a spot foul, automatic first down for anything after? Because he's totally against throwing guys out no matter how egregious. So I don't I don't know if I agree with that part because if you've made it to your third targeting, yeah, you probably should be chucked out just based off of we target it all the time. Early 2000s when I played, we target all the time. I mean, when I peel back on punt team, I'm looking for your ear hole. But you just can't play like that anymore. And that being the case, you get to your third one, you got to go. So, I mean, I could even see get you're allowed two flagrant twos. I mean, something like that. I mean, it, it's an inherently violent game, okay? The game's violent. It is what it is. These guys have accepted to play. Let them play okay they have that choice so as long as they're playing an inherently violent you can't make everything safe i mean a guy could a golf club could slip, slip out of his hand and somebody get hit in the head you can't make everything safe they choose to play the game and there's risk of injury that comes with it i mean i'll never forget drew Brees getting sacked And he said he knew it had to have been a roughing the passer because there was blood in his mouth. Because his lip was bleeding. That is insane. There's, remember, blood, sweat, and tears is what won this game. Well, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of that. It's a contact sport. Let's everybody relax. This is stupid. We shouldn't even be arguing this. Yes, some of the stuff, the headhunting, did need to be taken out of the game. I mean, some of the stuff, you look back at the 80s, 70s, 60s, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, but, again, the guys chose to play the game. They weren't, didn't have a gun to their head out there. They're getting paid millions of dollars. You know, in the next CBA, get it a little more player-friendly. Get some more guaranteed contracts. Like, you would think, out of all the sports, the NFL, or football in general, would be more like baseball, where it's like if you slip down a flight of steps and can never play again, a la Bobby Bonilla Day, you know, he's getting paid to, what, 2036? You would think the NFL would be more set up like that because it's an inherently violent game. No, the least violent of the three big sport four big sports, if you count hockey, gets the most guarantees and the most player-friendly deals. Work something like that out. That makes way more sense. Do something that makes sense. But I know that football has always been, look no further than college football, a sport that doesn't necessarily err on the side of common sense. But the common sense did speak up in some of these proposed rule changes. I say let's just make them happen. Get them out of the way. Get it done, boys. All right, guys, we're back at it. Final segment on this Friday. Do want to preview what we're going to get after tomorrow. We are going to preview Wake Forest tomorrow on a Saturday edition of Locked on Irish. We're also going to talk about, we'll get back to some draft stuff. And then we're going to reference an article from our friends over at UHND about the eight break potential breakout players for 2020. So we're going to do that right now as far as re- breaking over to our guys at UHND. Great website. Been around since, what, 97? Good stuff. And this article I wanted to reference is Jafar Armstrong and a p- potential position change. You know, he came to Notre Dame ready to play wide receiver, had a red shirt due to kind of some attrition at the running back p- position, um... Dexter Williams being suspended the first four games of 2018, um, you know he he was just kind of thrown into that spot. He was like, "All right, we got to shift a guy. Let's move him over." Tony Jones was the only guy that had any experience. Deion McIntosh, C.J. Holmes were bad kids. They went to last chance. U. well, Deion did. I'm not sure what happened to C.J. Holmes. Um, Sit go maybe. And so he, you know, good kick returner in high school. Coming over, wide receiver, good speed. Um, showed just great promise against Michigan. Scored two touchdowns. Good threat out of the backfield. Um, it says here, you know, five touchdowns first four games. Ended up with a knee, uh, knee uh, infection, high ankle sprain, things like that. And then this year, just got knocked out. Had a groin injury. Missed multiple games. Toward the end of the year, in Stanford especially, started to look a little more true to form um and in this article it does it references you know his versatility he's got a guy that I think has proved that he needs to be in space I don't think there's any debate there I think a move to wide receiver a move to slot something like that might work or when you put him in I mean you hate to tip your hand tip pitches if you will but maybe that's the plays you are gonna, sh- you know, work him out of the backfield some, you know. And if he does become that guy that defense is key on, because they're like, oh, he's gotta, he's gonna go out for a pass. That's why he's in the game. It might open up some things as far as maybe some sprint draws, some read option type stuff. Um, but you know, he seemed to get on track a little bit his Virginia Tech. Almost forgot about the fumble that was returned for a touchdown against Virginia Tech, and it looked fine until that happened, and then. You take into account, we're bringing in Trevor Spates. I mean, it looks like a done deal from Stanford, which is going to throw another running back back there with Sebo Flemister, Tony Jones, or uh, Sibo Fleminster, Chris Tyree, um, Jameer Smith, Kyron Williams. Avery Davis is still back there. I, I don't know where his carries are going to come from. I-, I have no idea. I mean, we have a ton, a ton of guys back there. So I really don't know where they're going to fit him in. Now, if he can stay healthy, I'm in. I'm 100% in. The biggest problem is, is he's got to be able to stay on the field. He's got to be able to stay on the field just to compete, first off. And if he's the best running back, then obviously he should play. But he's had a trouble staying on the field. I mean, what? He played in 10 games uh, his first year in 2018. I believe that was a redshirt freshman year. You know, 72 carries, 383, seven touchdowns, had 14 catches uh, from 159. And last year, just again, both both seasons wasn't able to stay healthy. Good start to the season, and, and petered off in 18 and in 19, kind of the same deal. Um, had 122 yards rushing, and again, he almost had more rush, receiving yards than he did uh, rushing yards this past season. Uh, I want to say 46 for 122 last year, only a 2.7 per. Ugh. Receiving, he was 13 catches, 97 yards. I I like the move. I do. And again, you could run a two-back set back there with a Tyree and Jafar Armstrong because Jafar's proved he's got a lot of speed. That's a ton of speed sitting back there. Um, Run a little Thunder and Lightning with a Jameer Smith, Kyron Williams, Jafar Armstrong. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Trevor Spate's. He's kind of a bigger back. It's a good problem to have. Anytime you have this much talent just sitting back there in the backfield. But I think of one thing that Tony Jones has proven, or uh, Jafar Armstrong, I'm all over the place, Jafar Armstrong has proven is that he's just not an every down back in between the tackles. He's just not. He needs the ball in space. He needs an offense set up when he's in the game. The plays need to be tailored to a more finesse running back, more of a guy who does have that threat out of the backfield because his body just hasn't proved that he can take it, take it at this point. I mean, if he and if he can prove that, then he can prove it. I mean, he's going to have the opportunity. He's a hundred percent going to have the opportunity. So that wraps up the show, guys. I hope you liked it. At Locked On Irish on Twitter, on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everywhere you get your podcast. That's where we are. Again, tomorrow, Wake Forest preview, as well as back to some draft news. Talk about some breakout players. Yep, it is football and basketball heavy. So until tomorrow, go Irish.